Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rhino Show podcast. Oh, I'm going to call this the, the Trufla slash Sharif uh, technology sponsored episode. Um, I'm extremely happy to have uh, Sharif uh, on the show today. Uh, I, I've known Sharif kind of on and off through through circles and stuff like that for quite a few years now, um, kind of intersecting into the automotive industry and he's in the insurance and, you know, he's just kind of, you know, dibble and dabble in both. Um, but what I really love about Sharif is his tenacity. But what I love more is is his innovative uh, style of thinking. Uh, Sharif is an entrepreneur who is passionate about disrupting the traditional ways of doing insurance. As the president of Sharp Insurance and the CEO of Truffula Technology, Sharif uses tech trends from other industries to navigate through the relatively uncharted territory of digital and insurance brokerage sphere. I always like to use the uh, you know, the Henry Ford analogy of, you know, going to a meatpacking plant and, you know, creating the assembly line. But we'll talk about that later. This has led him to build one of the most innovative brokerages in Canada and inspired the creation of Truflet to help amplify brokers through digital transformation, including innovative software and digital marketing. Sharif is a recipient of Avenue Calgary's Top 40 Under 40 Award, Calgary Leaders in Business Award, and a finalist for the EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Sharif, man, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, Ryan. It's great being here. So so tell, so tell everybody a little bit about, uh, I like to always tell everybody my motivations when I, if I partner with somebody or, or, you know, if I have a guest on that I've, you know, really worked hard to get on. Um, can you just kind of say, kind of tell the audience, you know, how you've, how you've came in contact with the show. I know you've listened to the show a little bit. And I always say when a company is willing to sponsor and partner and put their name on something, they, they definitely got to believe the messaging that's going out and, and see some synergy in terms of the alignment uh, between, you know, the podcast and, and what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I I listened to the podcast because of, of you. I mean, I, I you, you and I met a number of years ago, like you said, through, uh, uh, you know, in the auto industry, uh, various conferences and, and whatnot. And um, you know, I was always enamored by your by your energy, by your your tenacity. <laughs> and so when you came out with the podcast, I was like, oh, this, this, "This is gonna be this is gonna be meaty. This is gonna be some juice here." So uh, um, I started listening to it, and yeah, I, I, I love the podcast. Such such great information. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely. Uh, for for those who don't listen, listen in. It's a good, it's a great podcast. <laughs> you know, and I always say, how dare I ask for somebody's time? Like, when somebody actually comes out with any kind of content or any kind of messaging, the humble and the hu- humility card and the empathy card to me says, why should somebody donate, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour of their time, even if they're consuming passively, what kind of value am I giving this person in their life to, to make them want to listen to to what you know, myself or any guests that we have on go through. And it, it kind of segues into why I really wanted to work with you. And I, you know, I actually used to work in the insurance industry way back. I had my general level one and two license. I've actually read the SPF number one. It's a good bedtime novel. It is the most <laughs> boring literature. Uh, the wording, I, you know, I had to Google it. I'm like, wow, indemnity and, you know, all these different, you know, terminology that insurance people speak. But insurance to me is is as massively imp- important. Um, everybody has it in their life, uh, you know, whether it's on a personal or a or a professional level. 
And uh, how did you, have you always been entrepreneurial, even going back to when you were a child? Like, tell me, where were you born? You know, was your, did your family immigrate over here? Like, what is the story behind you? So, yeah, I, I was born in Cairo, Egypt. Um, so the, the uh, son of uh, immigrant parents. Um, but we came to Canada when I was six, six months old or so. So, you know, I'm pretty much Canadian through and through. <laughs> Um, my, yeah, you know, typical uh, immigrant upbringing. Um, you know, my parents were, were very hardworking. My dad is very entrepreneurial. My dad, you know, was always the ideas guy, you know, lots of different things he wanted to do. And, you know, I kind of, I, I guess the, the apple never, never falls far from the tree. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I followed in my dad's uh, footsteps. I actually started my first business when I was um, 21, 22 years old. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that didn't end up very, very well. It was called Air Portables. And I had um, offices or um, retail locations set up in airports across the country. Yeah. And I rented portable DVD players and movies to passengers that traveled. So at the time, <laughs> there was no seatback entertainment on, on aircraft. Um, and I always joke around that, you know, um, Netflix stole my idea and became who they are today because what I used to do is um, airports are like little cities. So, you know, Calgary Airport has, at the time, they had like 25,000, 30,000 employees. You know, oh. Pearson Airport has like 60,000 employees, right? They're like oh. little towns. Huge. So, we had these these big volumes of movies, and I um, I set up memberships for airport employees where they could rent the DVDs, take them home, watch them, come back, take another one. It was kind of like an unlimited DVD um, thing, which is actually how Netflix started. Which yeah. you know they were doing the mail-in DVD. Yeah. So um, I was just not as smart as those guys, and now they are who <laughs> they are, and I'm you know scratching to catch up. So fast forward into how did you get into insurance? Did you start off as a, as a, you know, kind of an employee getting in and writing insurance? Like how did, how did that kind of come into fruition? No. So after my first, uh, my first business, I actually lost my first business. Okay. Um, I went bankrupt at the, the tender age of 24 and yeah. brought my, brought my dad and mom down with me. So they were early investors in my first business. Um, so I went out to um, Winnipeg. You know, I, I needed to leave Calgary to, to start my life uh, over. And I, I went to Winnipeg, put my finger on a uh, on a map and went out there for a while, kind of rebuilt my life and then came back to, to Calgary. And I was working oil and gas. And um, my business partner, who, was, who started Sharp um, with me, who was also my business partner in the previous um, business, mm. He started working in insurance okay. and he started working with um, what is now intact insurance and then yep. worked for brokerage. And, you know, while I was working oil and gas, I'd, I'd visit him at the brokerage he was working at. Yep. And because oil and gas sales, you know, to me, it wasn't real sales. Um, you know, you kind of had an expense account. You took people you know, out to, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner, and you had your entourage of technical people, and it, it was, there wasn't a lot of thrill in that. And so I'd go visit him, and um, one day I'm sitting in his office, and I just asked him, so what do you do to to find business? Like, how, how, do, you get, how do you get new customers? And he said, well, 
you know, we kind of just wait for the phone to ring. Mm. The sales guy was like, okay, I, I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, that, <laughs> this, is, this is weird to me. Yeah, yeah. So I said, listen, why don't you grab your manager and grab a phone book? This is a phone book at the time. And I said, we're going to do a little, little experiment here. And so grabbed his manager, grabbed the phone book, and I said, you guys pick any business out of the phone book. So they flip through and boom, they land on a, on a business. Um, and I end up calling the business. I'll never forget the, the business. It was a paving company in, in Calgary. And uh, he, he cold calls, or sorry, I cold call them for, for him. And I end up getting through to the, um, to the controller and I get an appointment for him. And he goes in and two months later, he ends up writing the account. And it was the biggest account he'd ever written. So I was like, see, that's, that's what you do. That's how you find business. And he was looking at buying into the brokerage that he was working at um, at the time. So I convinced him, listen, don't buy into the brokerage. It's going to cost you too much money. Um, let's just start a brokerage, you and I. You know, I'll do the sales stuff. You do the, the technical insurance stuff because I know nothing about insurance. And um, here we are, 11 years later, you and I are talking. Unbelievable. So there's a, there's, a, there's a few things to unpack here. First of all, you went to Winnipeg. I lived in Winnipeg for one year playing football. So I think about Portage in Maine. I think about Balmoral. I think about Trash Kona. I think about Osborne Village. I think about there was a club called the Palomino back in the day. The oh, yeah. pal, or the, yeah. <laughs> I think about oh, yeah. all these. I think about all these places. I think about the yeah. investors group building that was there, and then Balmoral changed street names like six or seven times, if I remember. But Winnipeg is a place I will never forget. And people ask me what my opinion is, and it's so weird. I get quiet because there's this love, and then I don't know what happened to me at the same token, and I don't yep. really know what to put my finger on it. It's not bad. It's 100%. not great it's not not great it's really interesting so people who have lived or from winnipeg or or been there i you know i always kind of try to bring that up because they, they everybody kind of agrees they're like no no once you've been to winnipeg you have to go there to see it <laughs> what i tell people all the time is i understand for after living there for two years i know why people want to get out yes and i understand also understand why later in life they always come back interesting it's true it is true so oh, yeah. for you bankrupt 24 years old with your parents wow and and you you know it's e not easy to talk about now but you talk about it with well i learned a lot of lessons there but i'm sure going through the process at the time was somewhat hell on earth um you know personally and professionally how how do you kind of i guess deal with that and say wow you know definitely felt what the bottom feels like you know, you put a lot of sweat, blood, and tears. And, then, you know, it's never good when you bring in your family. That's never a great feeling because you're you're not even just disappointing like an investor or something. You're disappointing, you know, your family. Can, can you speak to that of why you didn't just close up shop and say, well, that's it. My entrepreneur endeavor or or, or dream is done. The great quote is um, people give a salary to somebody in order to forget their dreams, so to speak, sometimes. Right. And yeah. I know it could go both ways, but. When you got that dream and it gets crushed, what kind of promoted you to keep going forward? So, I, I mean, I left Calgary because, you know, it was tough being here amidst all the, um, call the heartache that, you know, that I was going through with losing the business and the effect it had on, on my family, of course. 
Um, so I, I kind of knew step one was, you know, I, I had to, I had to start fresh, mm. you know, I had to kind of shake loose every, you know, all the, the, the various ties and whatnot, and not all personal ties and whatnot, but I needed a fresh, uh, a fresh start. And I had to, I had to rebuild from, from, from the beginning again. So I went out to Winnipeg. I didn't have a job. I literally went out with $500, you know, it was the last 500 bucks. My, my <laughs> he said, here, I can't give you any more. Yeah. You're to kind of find your way. Um, and he paid for my first month rent and, um, and I had to go find a job. I had yeah. to go find a job. I had to work. Um, and I did, I found a job, um, you know, and I said, no matter what I do, I just, I got to be the best at it. Oh. And um, so I got a sales job. Um, within the first year, I ended up being one of the top guys in the country. Um, and it kind of, you know, helped build my confidence, build my confidence until um, they actually transferred me back to Calgary to lead the team here. That was what brought me back to Calgary to manage the, the team in Calgary and kind of, you know, give it a boost here. So things kind of fell into place, but I mean, it, you know, it was kind of recognizing that, okay, dust yourself off. You're starting from the beginning. It was, it was hell. It was hard, um, you know, but um, yeah. You know that, what? That, say, that's what happened. It's interesting because they say money likes to be seduced, right? It, it's a good, it's a good way of putting it because it's kind of like going on a first date. You know, when you go on a first date, if you get too aggressive and ask the wrong questions, it's not going to go well. But if you don't ask the right questions at some point in the process, you might go into the friend zone. So I always like to use the analogy of money where it's, you know, if you ask too soon, you might annoy somebody and they're completely turned off. But if you ask too late, you don't go in for the ask. It might be sitting there over in the friend zone. And, you know, somebody comes up behind you and says, hey, hey excuse me, Sharif, just move out of the way for a sec there. I'll come and grab that for you. For yeah. you, you're a great salesperson. How do you, you know... It's such a it's such a hot topic in business because even for me I I don't I wouldn't say I love selling or sales I, and it's something I'm even learning you know I'm always trying to craft and and try to figure out I never like to annoy people but for you where's the line of I respect this person's hustle and persistence and or I'm gonna call the cops and and file a harassment suit on you and I and I and I know it sounds dramatic but you know even this past week I've had two conversations with. Some business owners and they said, Ryan, like I, I got this one person, they're calling me, emailing me. You know, on the fourth email, I finally just said, Look, not 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 good right now, not a good time, you know, take care. And the person would not stop. So for you, as somebody who does get pitched and and you also pitch because you're growing a business, how do you find that? What's some advice or tips you would give to people who are, you know, say, you know, kind of saying, Hey, I, either I want to get more business or I'm actually trying to build a business right now. So the, the, the biggest advice I, I, I give salespeople all the time, and, it, and it's definitely harder in a digital world, but it's not impossible, is listen and watch for the cues. Mm. Take, 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 you know, you got to be able to read the hints. Um, you know, if, if you know, you, you have to be able to recognize and understand, um, you know, who you're sending a, a message to. Mm. Typically business owners, you know, especially if you're sending emails and messages, typically business owners don't have time during the day. And that's when most salespeople work is during the, the day. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna have, you know, they're less likely to get in touch. People that have the most success cold calling me, getting in touch with me, is if they're doing it really early in the morning or really late at night. Interesting. 
that is that's that's when I'm you know when I'm not focusing on what's important to me. You're focusing on what's important to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's important to, to me. So you're doing you as a salesperson. Now you got to catch me when I'm not looking at what's important to me. Yeah. So I can so I can look at you, right? Um, and and it's just taking the cue. So if, you know, three four emails in, nobody's responding. Do something different. Yeah. Find a different like like you know. <laughs> we've heard it many times. What's the definition of crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you know, pivot, try something yep. different. And if that doesn't work, that's the, that's the hint. Right. No, but if you send an email saying, Oh, I don't know if you got my last email. No, I got your last email. <laughs> <laughs> sure. My email came through. Well, if this one came through, why didn't the last one? Come <laughs> that kind of stuff doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, you know, but w- listen to the cues, watch the cues, and pivot a bit. And once you still can't get through, you know, that's that's the ultimate hit. Like it, it, it's 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 not no forever. It's just not now. You don't know what's going on on the other side. You know, I I think that I think that's huge. Um, coming to the insurance industry, you know, going through bankruptcy, coming in, building a great uh, a great uh, a great great business. You know, very innovative. And you kind of put, you know, I remember an old boss I had when I when I worked in insurance. I said, Ryan, I, like I can't, I can teach you insurance, but I can't teach you personality. And on on a product that's you know extremely dry to talk about, but heavily needed, you've managed to put a lot of personality on on insurance and 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 kind of make it a little bit sexy and make it a little bit fun and 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 try to really say, hey, like where's the industry going? Where's the car? Where's the consumer going? You know, how can we make it more convenient to, to be there for the consumer? And that introduces in uh, Truefla technology, which I find very interesting. And I love the way you guys really market it out and, and your messaging. But you're basically saying, don't look at Truefla, Truefla technology as a competitor in the industry. We're actually there to help you be more productive and offer it as a tool to, to give your uh, customers a better experience. So what is Truefla technology? How did you come up with the name? Um, did it get started quick or was it something in the back of your head for a while that you finally decided to pull the trigger on? Um, all right, let me unpack all that. Yes. So, so I'm sorry, uh, Sharif. I asked six questions in the oh, frame of one. <laughs> I actually want to, want to add a little something into what you were saying about the, the insurance industry. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, how you can teach insurance, can't teach personality and whatnot and how, it's dry. I'm going to add a little bit on top of that because it's going to it's going to feed into my response. In the insurance world, we actually sell something that nobody wants to buy. Mm. Like, and I have to remind people of that every day. It's not like anybody ever wakes up, you know, on a Saturday morning with their spouse and you know has a conversation like this. <laughs> it's Saturday. Let's go get some breakfast. You know, maybe a coffee. Let's go hang out with our bro. Hey everyone, I know you're enjoying this episode. Just a couple quick messages. First off, this episode is sponsored by Ryan Holtz Marketing, a social media digital creative agency that does branding, personal branding, staff training, sales training, and all your marketing needs. Visit ryanholtz.ca or send an email to info at ryanholtz.ca and reach out. The next message is, we are on YouTube. Please visit youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz and subscribe to our channel as this is where we put all our video versions of the podcast that you're enjoying now onto. 
Another thing, iTunes. iTunes loves us. We love iTunes. We love you. We want to keep bringing you the show. We need your support and we need your review. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, please take two seconds to write us a glorious review. Then go over to Instagram, at Reinholds1. Tag me in the story so I can repost it, reshare it. I appreciate the love. And again, if you're a business owner listening to this podcast, which I know you are, we have a lot of business people, or you know of a great business that would love to partner with The Reinhold Show, we are looking for sponsors. We're always looking for great partnerships. So again, reach out, info at ryanholtz.ca. Come say hi on social media, at ryanholtz1, and let me know what you thought of the episode. Take care, and remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Much love from the Team Holt Squad. And shopper insurance. Too. <laughs> said, said no one ever. Right? <laughs> and, and, like we, we sell, like nobody is excited about their insurance. It's more like, oh man, here's my renewal. You know, how are they gonna, you know, screw me this year? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's just the nature of, of insurance. So what we try to do constantly at Sharp is try to find a way to make insurance. Um, um, painless, seamless, you know, kind of get through the process easy, fast. You just got to get in, get out. The price has to be fair. The coverage has to be right. So you have peace of mind and it's done with, right? Mm. And so we, that's what we kind of did with, with Sharp and it worked for us. And we were using a lot of digital means to drive the consumer to us. And, you know, early on and after, so we started in 20, 2009, in 2010, literally on the back of a napkin, you know, kind of my business partner and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had a, an, an app, you know, for our clients? Um, because at the time, uh, the iPhone 3 had just come out. Mm. Every business and their dog was building an app, um, you know, and we thought, well, it just might be kind of a cool thing. So we hired a couple of university students and uh, we built the first version of our uh of our app, it wasn't well, not our current app, but it was the you know a, an app that we built mm. that um, was a very basic app. You know, had forms and whatnot, but turned out we were actually the first brokerage in in North America to have a mobile app um, yeah. for for a yeah. brokerage. We had yeah. no idea, and it actually started to get some traction. And then we started getting um, inquiries from our competitors saying, "Hey, that's that's kind of cool. Can we use that too?" For our clients, we thought, huh, might be something, uh, something here. So in 2014, um, you know, we thought, okay, well, it's costing us a lot to, to continue to develop this. Maybe if others kind of partake in this, you know, it'll help us develop, develop faster and whatnot. And so, um, you know, our first tech company, which was Sharp Mobile Technology, was born, mm-hmm. and then from there, Sharp, you know, Mobile Technology kind of evolved into what. Trufla is uh, is today. You know, we had a lot more products and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So the word Trufla was actually born in 2018 um, under the influence of tequila. <laughs> and, and the word Trufla actually means disruption in Icelandic. Ooh. That was where the word uh, where the word Trufla came from. And you know, uh, uh, what we're trying to do is I'm a very big believer in the broker distribution channel. Yeah. Um, you know, I even wrote an article about uh, almost a couple of years ago about, you know, comparing brokers to the largest tech companies and how mm-hmm. they have that capability. They just, you know, a lot of common similarities between brokers and the largest tech companies. And so we're trying to provide the technology 
that allows brokers to distribute better, faster, more efficient, you know, and kind of, and win. Mm. It comes down to. It's really interesting because, you know, we always, I love to, to poke minds of extremely successful people and it's, and the audience loves to hear it because, you know, you're trying to figure out what's all the common denominators between people. For you, you know, you've experienced hardship. You came back from that. You've seen a problem or a gap in the marketplace, created a solution for that. That's how great businesses are born. Um, but your fundamentals are great. You believe in sales. Truthful is interesting because it, it is, you know, I mean, I've been in insurance brokerages and still to this day, some of them are just they're very sleepy, you know, and, and, you know, you, there's a, some that are still old school where they go and pull that file folder and, you know, and they're writing the thing. And, uh, you know, my favorite word in the insurance uh, business is abeyance. Make sure you write in abeyance because if a customer or client calls and says, Hey Ryan, I just want to ask some questions about my auto policy or, you know, I want to, I want to multi-line it to a renters or a tenant or a homeowners and, you know, and, and, you know, broker owner says, Ryan, make sure that abeyance is written in there. And if they decline the extra insurance, you know, just because you need to cover your butt and everything is I's and T's. And um, it's it's just an interesting industry. So when I hear you talk about apps and, and I remember this years ago, you even said to me, you're like, Ryan, do you feel comfortable leaving your pink card and, and your registration in your vehicle when people steal vehicles all the time? And I said, no, like, I, I just feel like wow, my, my, all my information is in this little, you know, insurance folder and readily available for anybody to take it. And to me, that's, it's, it's a lot of information that you could work with for a start. And then they came out with, Hey, you can show a digital pink card, but you were saying that a long time ago. And I remember, and, and I think you guys posted, or I seen something on your social media. You said, Hey, like we've been talking about this for years, you know, you should be able to show something digital and, and have merit through that. What do you think in 2020, with Trufla and with the insurance industry, if we were to say, where would you say the insurance industry has came, let's say from 2015 to 2020? Has it made a big jump in innovation? Is there a long way to go? What, what would be your opinion as a, as a whole for, for that in the last five years? So I would say um, it's definitely come a long way. You know, I'd say, especially in the last couple of years, before it was a lot of talk, yep. you know, now there's a lot more action. Um, and I'll say, especially in the last six months, it's come even further. I mean, COVID just accelerated everything. Yes. Everybody realized that, oh, I better be digital. Like, you know, there might yes. be times clients can't come to the door, right? Or maybe it's not as safe for my employees to have all these people come to my office. Um, you know, so it's kind of, that, that's changed the dynamic. But, oh, yeah, it's, it's come a long way, but it's still got a long way to go. <laughs> so what does your typical day-to-day look like i mean you're every time i've ever talked to you, you're extremely chill you don't ever really seem flustered or or upset or moody or you're very you know you're very even keeled i mean every time i've ever seen you to me that that's an art in itself to maintain that now i know you're laughing because you're like well you don't see the behind the scenes and throwing stuff in the under your desk and flipping your desk over but do you <laughs> Is there, is there times when you just are like, like, how do you deal with the pressure that, you know, you're, you're a husband, you're a dad. So you also got, I know family is extremely important to you. How do you manage that as a person? You know, you're, you're managing people at, you know, a great team at, at, at your business. And then you're also coming home and, 
and being dad and you know your kids don't really care about the other stuff they just care about dad you know and how do you wear all those hats and do it well well um to be frank it, it, it was it, it was really tough um early on uh you know the, the business kind of overtakes you um you know i'm fortunate i had a really strong support system um really strong um i mean my wife carried a lot like she's a rock um because lots of traveling and, and whatnot but now it's it's you know it's really really and this is going to sound very cliche but it's so true it's type time prioritization like shit's gonna happen you know <laughs> you can't get away from that um you, you just gotta you know you just gotta learn you know how to deal with it and that it will be dealt with right like not everything is impending doom um you know and actually funny enough i spend a lot of my time now which i believe is what most leaders should do i spend a lot of my time supporting the people that are actually doing all the all the you know the, the, the heavy lifting you know mm. you know i actually joke around with people and say you know i actually have the easy job you guys have the tough uh the tough job mm. so i, I just got to spend my time making sure that you have all the tools and everything you need you know to succeed to win to be the best at your um you know at your your job so most of the time i've actually got a mop and a you know and a you know a, a, a rag just cleaning up and you know making sure everything is kind of yep. there for um people to win but it's just prioritization Right. Well, and you built and you built a great team around you, you know. And I've talked to a couple, a couple of them, and and you know, su superb people, man. I mean, you brought very. It and it seems like you bring a lot of people from outside of the insurance industry into it, which I mean, I, I'm always a big fan of, even in the automotive sector. So you know, people all the time like, I don't have any experience. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. That's your ace of spades right there. You know, I'm happy to hear you don't have any experience. Like, take everything new. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, once you get in the automotive business. Try to have that like childlike mentality. Don't get don't get stern into into the vernacular of, of what's going on in the industry. You know, keep one ear out, keep two ears out. You know, because that's where your ideas are coming. For you, you've built your whole business off of bringing ideas from other industries into an industry that's you know ravaged with with red tape. So when you wake up in the morning, how does your brain work? Are you consistently always? kind of keeping an ear open for you know cool things that you think are happening are you the kind of person that's driving and maybe you get a good experience getting a coffee where you're like wow that's that's really cool i really love the way they did that it could be something very very low level or something extremely high level how does your brain work to even i guess you know have enough space to receive uh different different ideas and concepts so I, if, if, if I can, I just want to touch on one thing you said earlier. Please. Um, and then I'm going to come come back to that one. Please. Um, when you were talking about the experience in the, you know, in, in the industry and bringing people without experience in the industry. Um, I, I love that part, but my mentality's changed a little bit. I used to okay. always say, I want to bring in people with no experience, right? So I can mold them as I see fit. Um, you know, kind of for, for, for our business. Got it. There's a big difference. Um, you want to bring in people with experience in what they do, not necessarily in your industry. Ah. Big difference between the, the, Very. the, the two, right? Um, because what I've learned over the years is experience is valuable. 
right? Kind of you're tried, tested, and true. You've seen kind of the 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 worst of, um, but it doesn't need to be in that specific industry, right? So if you've got someone who's, you know, a, a you know a creative person in 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 the automotive industry, mm. you just kind of let them be creative, you know, with with their own lens in the insurance industry, even mm. though they know about insurance, right? But they still they know how to avoid the pitfalls. One hundred percent. That I think is a, is an important well, thing. Well, to add on to that too, the 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 parallel to that, what I find interesting is the conversation of uh, educational requirements that employers are are now looking at. Because when you're looking at that, and and I always like to preface it with, of course, if you're you know an engineer and a doctor, yes, sorry, I, I need somebody to know like the ligaments. I have like there's certain professions. Please go to school. Like I have to have faith in you. But when it comes to business, I mean, we know this. You've read, you know, you know a lot of the greats. You know, you you know a lot of them didn't even do high school barely, you know, and they did extremely well. I get a, I get asked the question a lot. People are like, Ryan, you know, I'm looking at this job posting right now. It says it wants me to have a four-year degree and, you know, four to six years of experience in this blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, cool. I said, is there contact information for the person who's hiring? Yeah. Okay. So don't send them in a paper resume right right yet. I want you to get your phone. I want you to get a video. I want you to send that person your personality just to show them and and go with, and lead with that. And a lot of people are like, no, you know, it's very corporate. I'm like, I'm sorry. Times are changing. And if, if I'm a hiring manager or I'm an HR and I'm seeing this, this video or this little message come through, I'm going to go to Sharif and say, you know, on paper, it, it doesn't got everything we're looking for, but I think you need to take a meeting with this person because man, look at this. And a lot of the time you can get through you as somebody who, who cultivates, you know, uh, people helps them grow and creates a team and kind of going back to your point about experience. What is your thoughts on that now? You know, and, 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 and has that changed in the last 11 years? So it's, <laughs> <laughs> You just made me think about something, and you know I'm I'm gonna try to connect the, the two here. Sure. So you ever see on 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 social media or on Facebook, you get these posts where people will put up these games. Like one of them is, um, you know, you've got this, you, you know, you've got a character eye, and it's a page full of character eyes, and there's one eye that's a small eye in there, right? And you know it'll say, well, you're you're a genius if you can find you know, the eye, you know, that little eye amidst all these other big eyes and, you know, five, something like that, right? Yeah. So everyone's trying to find that one little eye in there, right? Well, you, you kind of made me think about that because it's like, you know, if, if you're a, uh, if, if, if the employer says, well, I want someone with this type of experience, and then your first narrative to that employer is, I don't have that experience, so I'm going to instantly be that little eye, right? <laughs> if you see me, it's probably going to make you a genius. Uh, right? It'll make you stand out, you know? So you want to be that that person that stands out in a sea of everybody looking the same, yes. you know, and, and conforming and filling in. Because when they go through those resumes, because I've, I've been that person who's done that, everyone kind of looks the same. It's the one that's just a little different. Yes. Right? Makes you kind of stop and say, ooh, like, did they not read? Yes. Maybe they did, and they purposely still sent it in for a reason. Yes. 
right? So that's definitely not a reason to stop. And I love that approach, you know, find a different way to to get in. Let them see your name, you know, maybe you do send in the resume plus a separate video plus that. Now they've seen your name three times, you've just marketed yourself, you know, three different times, your name's gonna stand out. Um, You know, that's, I, I agree with you. Well, and, and, and it's a, it's such a, you know, and, I, and I, like I, I'm a glass half full person all the time. Amidst all this COVID and pandemic, to me, the future looks bright. There's a lot of change happening, even socioeconomical. We got all the, you know, like Me Too's and stuff and all of that. And it, I feel like the world has taken the blanket off and all the dirty laundry's coming out. But I don't mind that because to me, in order to, to address a problem, you need to address the problem and then you can talk about it. And for me, I, I've always felt that good communication, you know, with good communication, you can almost solve everything if you can bring some rationale to the to the table. Um, but, you know, right now people are, you know, jobs. And I tell people all the time, this is big. You're trying to find employment or you're out of a job. You, this is the best time to be different. It's kind of like sales. I tell people too. I said, listen, if you're looking for this job, I said, read what they're asking for. They're amidst all this mumbo jumbo crappy stuff that they got somebody to read or copy they have a problem they're trying to fill the problem when you can address the problem that they're having you come up with four or five solutions to that problem and give them solutions sometimes that they didn't even think would be a solution to the problem and again it's just another way of putting a leg up you're right digitally now i'm looking at commercial real estate you know, look at the look at the commercial real estate that's happening here. I don't know what's going to happen after all this because employers are saying, "Wait a second, you know, we had there's a large oil company." They the, the guy said, "Ryan, he's the VP." He's like, "Ryan, we basically called some employees. We said, listen, you can work from home indefinitely. You're taking a 10% pay cut. Are you okay with that?'" I said, "What did they say?" They're like, "Yup, no problems." Because he said, "Listen, you don't have to come. You don't have to drive. You don't have to, you know, spend all that time commuting." And if you can do this indefinitely, could you take a 10% pay cut? And and he didn't have one rejection to it. So I ask you this question now, and I know you're in the insurance industry, so it's a little different. How has this impacted you saying, well, remote working, what does that look like for you? Is, is it something that you're in the back of your head where you're like, how does that work? Has it impacted you much? Um, no, it, it didn't. I mean, fortunately for us, again, I guess it goes back to, you know, what, what we do at Sharp, Trufla. Um, we're very digital, so we were able yes. to very fast and, and, and get every, you know, we were able to get our entire group of company, which is, you know, about 150 or 160 employees, um, you know, kind of working from home within 24 hours, effectively. You know, but because we're digital. So now, you know, we, we'd actually worked on a permanent, um, started working on a permanent work from home, like a hybrid model yep. for the company, which we, we've held off on for now, just because, you know, that recent increase in cases and whatnot. So yep. it's not affecting us too much. So we kind of kick that can down the road a bit. But for sure, all companies are now looking at it saying, oh, the, you know, what we thought could never work, well, it actually kind of works. And yes seem happier you know they're not stuck in the morning rush right and they don't have to deal with the the, you know the hustle and bustle of um 
you know, of, of being downtown, for example, or, or you know, whatever it may uh, may be. You've given them two hours of their life back there to and from work, you know, which now they're having dinners with their families and, you know, they're able to be more part of um, their own personal lives. Uh, I think a lot of employers are going to be looking at that and, and, and saying that. So for sure, you know, you know, on, on, with some respect, especially on the commercial real estate side, you know, I don't know, but I've always told people, especially other business owners, man, the best time to start a business is when things go bad, when things go really bad. I mean, yes. I started in the midst of the financial crisis. Yes. Um, you know, it was right in the middle of the financial crisis, um, you know, when, when, when it hit and, um, you know, because when things are really, really good, your opportunities are really small because anybody who you're trying to sell to is too busy. Mm. Their, their business is going too well to even look at you. Their margins are already good. Yep. They don't need to save any more money. They're just trying to figure out how they can support what they, you know, what the business <laughs> they're getting in. When times are tough is when businesses start looking at, okay, can we do something different? Mm. Can we look at, you know, saving money somewhere? Can we look at a different process? You know, that's when, you know, the vendors can start coming in and, and people don't really look at it like that. And when you're starting in a bad time, your costs are controlled too. Lower rent, lower upfront costs, and lower everything oh, to get you. Yes. It's going to take you a little while to ramp up anyhow, right? So um, when times are bad, it's actually the time of greatest opportunity, I, I, I think. Sales, marketing, human resources, or accounting. If you were to, st when you started your business or if somebody was starting a business, you can only pick one that you can be an absolute rock star at. Yeah. Sales. Yeah. Hands down. Hands no down. But if there's no sales, um, no sales, no business, you know, if the cash register doesn't, doesn't ring. You have, no, you have no business. It doesn't matter what you, you have nothing to account for if you don't have uh, sales, um, you know, and you won't, you can't afford your marketing if you don't have sales. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're, you know, you're right. Oh, uh, this has been, this has been awesome. Sharif, how can everybody uh, reach out to you in the interim? Again, just to give uh, everybody some context who's listening, Sharif is going to be on uh, an ongoing sponsor of ours. So we're going to be talking about, you know, Trufla. We're going to be talking about business. We're going to be talking about the insurance. And again, you know, just entrepreneurship, inspirational type stuff. He's got a fantastic story. Um, he's got a, a solid team and there's just a lot of kind of, you know, little mini topics that I really want to pull out because, you know, people are listening to the show, very business oriented, but, you know, also, you know, trying to figure out what the heck they want to do with their lives. And it's, it's nice to, you know, if this show can be a part of that and help them, which it has been, uh, I think that's awesome. So Sharif, uh, how can everybody reach out to you? And the, the right now, the only issue with doing things online, in my opinion, is Sharif has the most incredible looking eyes in person. I mean, I'm half Jamaican, half German. And when I look in Sharif's eyes, I see Montego Bay water and I'm coming down from the airplane and I can see right through it. So I'm just going to leave you on that note. <laughs> um, the best way to reach out to me actually is LinkedIn. That's the, that's the, the best way. So uh, I'm Sharif.Jamail at LinkedIn. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, same, Sharif.Jamail. Um, you know, and, and all my contact information is, is, is there as well. So... And again, everyone, thank you so much for all your support. Uh, this episode has been sponsored by Trufla Technology. And remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Stay safe and keep smiling.